0: Hello, and welcome to the Development Debrief with Kathryn Van Sickle, the stories based podcast that interviews professionals, donors and thought leaders in the field of fundraising. This week, we have our first episode focusing on independent school fundraising. I have always been curious about this slice of the pie in our sector. What is it like managing parents and alums? How do these small communities work together? I ask these questions of this week's guest, Julie Lucas. Julie joined Darlington's Advancement Office in 2007 and was named Chief Advancement Officer in 2016. Previously, she has served as Director of Development, Director of Giving Programs, and Campaign Director for Darlington's Second Century Campaign. Julie holds a BA in Communication from Loyola University, New Orleans. She and her husband, Sam, also an alum of Darlington, have two children, Wilson and Hudson, currently enrolled. Prior to coming to Darlington, Julie worked for Porsche Cars North America in public relations and event planning. Darlington School is a co-ed independent boarding and day school in Rome, Georgia, for students in pre-K through high school. Darlington says you're not an enrollment number, you're a person. Julie talks about what that means for them as they make decisions, as they think about how to fundraise and move forward as an institution. Please join me in learning about Julie as she navigates Darlington with her family as herself and thinks about the next chapter for Darlington's advancement work. Let's get started. Hi, Julie, welcome to the Development Debrief. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. Yes, and I'm thrilled to talk with you about your work and learn more about Darlington and independent school fundraising.
1: Well, I'm excited to share with you my experience at Darlington and anything you want to know.
0: So why don't we start with you telling us about your school and the office structure within alumni and development. Do you, do you even call it alumni and development? We actually call it advancement. Okay.
1: Yeah, so uh, depending on the day and depending on who you're talking to, we might be the alumni office, we might be the development office, but overall, we call ourselves the Advancement Office. And so that includes uh, the alumni office, it includes the development office. Uh, We partner, of course, with communications. While they are not actually on the advancement team, we consider them team members.
0: And so your staff is, did you say seven, eight people? So we have seven in our
1: office. So my uh, my title is chief advancement officer. We have an alumni director. We have uh, an assistant alumni director. We have a development services coordinator, a major gift officer, and the director of our Darlington fund. We also have... Um, a position that's somewhat in transition, given just some changes in the office, but she serves as uh, stewardship. Uh, She serves as support really for the entire office, but a lot of work with stewardship and with outreach with uh, major donors.
0: How does it work with parents? I mean, what is the breakdown between alumni giving and parent giving on the dollar side, on the participation side? I'm so curious about that.
1: Yeah, so we, um, we have roughly 700 students who are here at Darlington, and out of that, um, 180 of those students are boarding students, so their families, it's more like a college in that sense. Those students come from um, all over the United States, mostly in the southeast from the United States, but then from all over the world. We have students from China, from the Bahamas, uh, all over. Um, So our parents, in that sense, many are like a small college. And then we have a day population uh, that pulls from, you know, 30 30 to 40 miles around us, but the majority of them being here in our city of Rome. And so our alumni similarly are, um, you know, all over the world, but they are predominantly in uh, the state of Georgia in the southeast. And so then they go out from there. Um, but we uh, have giving from alumni, from parents, from friends of the school, like most other institutions, Uh, but our alumni group is our largest group of donors. And then of course our parents would be um, the next large group.
0: My understanding was always with independent schools that the primary focus is the parents, but it sounds like that may not be true.
1: Yeah, we um, we are currently at a place where we really work with our parents on participation. Um, okay. With the layout of our school currently, we we do have a, a good number of major donors um, as parents, um, but just given the makeup of where we are. And, Currently with um, the, pro- the high price of boarding education and for independent school education and for where we are, uh, so we're about 60 miles outside of Atlanta in a small town. Um, and with that high price of education, um, we, we don't focus on our donors as much at that high level. Some do, some, some don't, but really with participation, our highest participation ever is right at that 65% mark. Uh, That's great, which which is which is good. We'd love for it to be higher. Um, But that's where we stand with our alumni. We're currently at 12%. We have ever been as high as 18%, which is more in line with traditional boarding schools. But we're just such an interesting mix of boarding and day and we're pre-k through 12 so Mm -hmm. and we're in a small town Uh, there aren't many schools like us out there so it's really hard to compare us so when we look for benchmarking schools it's it's always an interesting process
0: well you haven't mentioned this but you are an alum yourself
1: i am an alum yes i graduated in 1997 and i was a four-year boarding student started as a freshman and then Graduated as a senior all four years, and uh, my brother did as well, and my grandfather did as well.
0: That really gives you a special view into your work.
1: Absolutely, and then I married a day student who <laughs> was all the way through as a day student, so that's, a, that's another little um, connection there.
0: One of the most important things is for us to understand the experience of our institutions, and so you definitely have that covered.
1: Yes, I'm, I learn more each day, especially as we
0: <laughs> So when you think about your planning in relation to the school's mission and the community, how intertwined are you? Um, walk us through that process that you take.
1: So, uh, you know, the thing that we talk about here at Darlington is what everybody's role is in empowering students. That is what each teacher does. That is what each coach does. That is what each member of our boarding community does. So if you're an adult on this campus, your your job is to empower students. So that's really how we look at the work that we do. Obviously, raising money helps us empower students. That money goes directly into the operating budget. It goes into helping scholarships. It goes into financial aid. It goes into uh, money for faculty salaries, which then in turn helps empower students. So that that's the number one thing that we do. I wouldn't say that's the, our number one goal every day necessarily. So we like to engage our alumni. We want to engage our parents. We want to engage our grandparents. We want them to want to connect them to the school. The more that they are connected to the school, the more that they feel a part of it, and the more that they can do what they can within their personalities and their circumstances to be able to then empower students in their own way. So when people ask what a normal day in the life is in the advancement office, there is no normal. There yeah. is not one day that is like any other one. Fortunately, we have a team that loves that. They, they're energized by that. And mm-hmm. you working in advancement, you know, you, you have to be energized by that because otherwise... One you of your might...
0: favorite things.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: That it's always different. So, do you know everybody? I mean, does it feel like everyone kind of knows each other and it's this, this tight, warm community? Um, oh,
1: absolutely. I joke all the time uh, when I talk to people that I actually went to Darlington with. I, I don't know how I know one person or another. Like, I'll, I know people from every decade who graduated in every single year, other than their age. If I'm talking to them on the phone, I don't even know how I know them. I just know them from <laughs> Darlington. I feel like I went to, went to high school with all of them because I've now been here 13 years and, you know, we have the shared bond of the school. And uh, now as a parent, I have that shared bond as well with the parents who have come before me and the parents that are here now. And it's, just, it's really cool. But yes, I don't know which relationship is made where. I just know we all bleed purple and share, share Darlington as, as a wonderful experience.
0: So what is the most challenging part of leading your team and running the charge? We have to
1: make the connections daily of while we're here to serve the students and the teachers, we're making the connections outside. So you ha- also have to make sure that you're leaning into the everyday life of the school. To the, right. to the part about being a parent, that has gotten much easier for me being a parent. So when I first started here and I didn't have a child here, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't understand all the nuances and I didn't know all of the things that are going on. So I had to, had to work a little harder. So not that you have to be a parent to be successful in a development office like ours. However, it is helpful to have a parent or two uh, in the office to help, help with those connections.
0: And what's the breakdown? Are there other alums or other parents on your team?
1: Yeah, so currently on my team, I have two parents of alumni children, two current parents, and one alum, and then also one former teacher.
0: So in terms of working with the alums and the parents, would you say there are marked differences between those two constituents? Yeah, I would
1: say the alums are, the, the discussions with them are conversations of the past. It's the school that they remember while they were here, whether that was 10 years ago or 50 years ago. So it's this, memor- this these memories and bringing up these memories and it's very nostalgic and very personal and meaningful to them. Whereas with parents, it's very today. The conversations are relevant to today. What happened yesterday, what happened today, and what's, hap- what's happening tomorrow. And it's what the school is today. And you know, schools grow and change all the time. So you have to let people tell their story. You want to hear their story. What's their experience with the school? So um, yeah, they're very, they're very different. The conversations are very different and that's what makes it fun.
0: Do you come by one more naturally than the other? in terms of gift closing?
1: Yes, I would say for me closing gifts with alumni is easier and the reason is the alumni are currently not paying tuition. Mm. Yeah. With a parent they are already making a huge investment in the school. Now Mm -hmm. once they're here for a while and they understand the way that things work um, and they understand that supporting of the school it makes the conversation easier but a brand new parent is learning everything new and especially if they're new to independent schools you know okay here's your tuition bill here's what you have to pay in uniform here's your technology bill here's this here's this here's this also we have parent booster clubs and organizations and there might be this and this and oh by the way we'd love for you to give to our Darlington fund which is our annual fund so Parents, it's much more of a, an education process and making sure that they understand the culture of the school and, and philanthropy in general at your school. So I just think with alumni, they've been hearing it since day one. So you, it may be tough to convince some, but the education piece is a little bit easier. But long story short, for me, it's quicker and easier to close a gift with an alum.
0: How do you go through the process of educating the parents and getting them on board culturally to giving?
1: So where we rely a lot is on our parent volunteers. So we have what we call a Parents for Purple campaign every fall. And that is where, so for instance, this year we did uh, virtual coffees with our head of school. we by division um, and by what we call cohorts. Uh, parents were encouraged to call into a Google Meet, where our head of school shared just updates on the school, how everything's going with COVID, as well with just general um, ongoings of the school. And That's then great. he introduced philanthropy. He introduced what it means to, to have an annual fund, which is our Darlington Fund. He talked about parent giving through our booster clubs and then opened it up for questions while asking them to contribute to the Darlington Fund. And then as a follow-up, of course, there's the emails. And then there are the parent volunteer calls which come which the parents can really explain parent to parent peer-to- peer what it means to give so we have success with that and that has worked well with it for us for the last few years
0: don't laugh at me but what's a booster club Oh yes absolutely
1: so <laughs> we have four booster clubs and they are parent organizations that support different aspects of the school so we have a pre-k to eight grade booster club and we have an upper school which is 9 through 12 booster club a fine arts booster club and an athletic booster club and we have every year a couple of different things uh, that fundraises for those so one we have our purple tie affair which happens every august which our office runs and uh, it's anywhere between 100 and $200,000 a night, silent live auction. We have a reverse raffle. And um, it's, uh, it's a get together to kick off the year as well as a fundraiser. Uh, we also have a, it was a family fee. Each family has a fee that they pay that goes into it, which allows you to become a member of all four of these booster clubs and free access to certain events and sports.
0: So that probably and, really helps you identify potential donors then. They're all self-selecting. In some ways it does.
1: You know, uh there are there are a lot of donors who love to give in that capacity. Um, and then there are some that love to give just straight out, here is my gift. So it has really helped us identify the personalities of donors and parents. Mm -hmm. And of course, what it does is it the best thing is it brings all these amazing volunteers to the table because there's nothing There's nobody that's going to work harder than a parent volunteer.
0: I can imagine they're successful because you're inviting people to kind of join passion areas or interest areas.
1: Yes. And quite frankly, with the family fee, they become a member of all of it. So it's this Mm -hmm. all-inclusive wanting everybody to be a cheerleader for everything. Just because you're Mm -hmm. on the lower school, the pre-K to eight Tiger Pride doesn't mean you can't support and you know, be a part of the upper school tiger pride. It just enables the parents to have the funds and the flexibility to do just the extra fun things. They do teacher appreciation day. They put on the prom. They uh, have all kinds of activities through the year, uh, through the year, to just support the students and the teachers.
0: So let's talk about being a parent. Tell us about your sons. So I have a ten-year-old son
1: and he is in the fifth grade and an eight-year-old son and he is in the second grade and they both started out in pre-k here at Darlington and there was never a question that they would go anywhere else. This was it. This was the best and this is where they were going to go and they could not be happier. They love everything. They love coming to school. They love their friends. They love their teachers. They're just both as happy as can be.
0: So you mentioned that you had worked here before you had children in the school. And so how does it change the way you view your work? And like, did something click? What happened for you when you became an an official parent?
1: Yeah. So when I think a lot of alums who go back and work at their alma mater, you come with uh, your own tunnel vision of memories of what the school was when you were here. So, you know, I think any alum feels that way, but especially those who come to work here. And I was one of those. And you come in and you question everything. Why do we do it this way? Why don't you do it this way? Why don't you do it this way? And I was also young, you know, and came from the corporate world. So I came in with a lot to learn. For me, it was just coming in and getting to the point of understanding that you just need to sit back and learn the school as a business, learn the school and the way that it runs. And schools are very complex. I don't think many people understand how complex of a business small independent schools are. I can't even imagine a smaller, large college, but um, it it takes a lot, it is a machine. And so that was a big thing for, for me to learn.
0: Did you change anything or have you changed things since you arrived? Because I know one of the things that happens is you question why is it done this way and then you come to understand why and sort of shift your mentality. You tweak as you go. I mm-hmm. mean, we,
1: we've made lots of tweaks. We've tried new things. Like I said before, we've pivoted, but I don't think there's anything that we have changed in the world of advancement that is, is significant. Just trying to meet people where they are, you know. Right. Um, when I first started events, alumni events were very much at the country club in the evenings, cocktails and hors d'oeuvres, which were amazing and wonderful. We had these beautiful events at people's homes. But as the years have gone on since I've been here and everywhere, really, um, people have gotten really busy. People are busier than ever. So, Events have turned to lunches, have turned to happy hours, have turned to smaller gatherings. What we have learned is people always want to be invited, but they may not show up. Right. So, you know, little things like that and just tweaking as you go and, and adapting to the way that the world is, adapting to how people change, um, giving has changed, of course, outreach. When I first started, huge phone we had huge phone People come out calling for hours. People would answer the phones. Now nobody answers their phone unless they have your number in their phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, people don't show up to phone quite like they used to because, one, people aren't answering like they used to, but, two, people are busier, and so they prefer to have a list and call at their leisure. So, you know, you just have to be flexible and meet people where they are.
0: Yeah, I think that's right, and so much has changed as well with technology over the
1: absolutely years. yes, yes, and finding that balance is ever changing. What something that works one year doesn't work the next, and just, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So, the faculty—do they get involved with asks or any of your development initiatives?
1: We we have a lot who I think would be willing if and when appropriate. Uh, we have taken, of course, um, administrators on asks before and included them as part of it, but we, we really um, don't rely too, too much on that. Uh, maybe make connections with alumni along the way as um, stewardship and as outreach, but not so much in the ask, but not because they wouldn't be willing. Right. But we do, we do have what we call stewardship ambassadors and uh, we have faculty members who write notes, make phone calls, help out on Think a Donor Day. Um, we They help when we have done giving days with making videos and in, including their classes. But I think it's important also to know that our faculty and staff, year over year, give 100% to our Darlington Fund. And that's oh my gosh. Volumes,
0: yes. Do you ever feel like you're living in a bit of a fishbowl as a parent where your sons might either love one of their teachers or be struggling in a class and you have to balance that with the person who's also your colleague. I'm just so curious about that dynamic.
1: Yeah, yeah, so um, yeah, it's definitely a fishbowl, I think because I've been here a while and I was here for a few years before they actually got to coming to school is that I I was kind of established in my role before they came as as students. But at the same time, I we live in a small town. And when you live in a small town, that whole world is a fishbowl anyway. So I think They're they're very similar in that. It's just your worlds cross over in so many ways that I guess I'm used to it now. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, don't quote me because I can only imagine when they get into middle school and in the high school and start having more challenges with grades and or friends and or behavior, I may have a different response to this answer (laughs) or to this question.
0: Yeah, I'm sure your kids will have a sense of that as well where they're going to think twice about what they, their choice is knowing that you're in it with them. They better. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think all of our teachers here respect the uh, parent-employee relationship. Okay. And so everyone here knows that you're a parent first. And so as long as you handle uh, any any challenge or any issue um, with with respect for your colleague and teacher, as you should... Then, then everything will get worked out as it should. And what's best for the child?
0: Yeah, when you're really clear on your mission and the order of priority as you just laid out, I guess you're right. It, it becomes a lot easier to, to manage those things.
1: Yeah. Again, ask me again, you know, when, <laughs> when they're in eighth grade and seniors and we, we <laughs> might be talking about something different.
0: Well, is there anything else we should know about plans for the rest of the year? Um, Yeah,
1: I mean, I think that, um, like everyone else, we are just trying to do the best that we can for our communities. And so, you know, this month we are focusing on our veterans, and we have never spent as much time doing this before, and this is a group of people who um, have served our country and we are taking the time to recognize them on social media and blogs and share their pictures and share their stories. And our pre-K class is sending them artwork and doing videos oh, and, you know, it's learning that the best way, I guess for us to reach out to groups of people is by breaking them down into smaller groups. Mm. And because of 2020 and COVID, it has allowed us to kind of take a step back and realize that a little bit more than ever. Not to say that we weren't doing it before, but it was, okay, let's have, let's have events. We're going to go to this town and have an event and invite everybody. We're going to go to this town and have an event and invite everybody. And that's great. And yes, people love to come to events and we need to do it. But, you know, looking at these affinity groups and these smaller groups to connect them back to Darlington in whatever way they want to be connected. And make Um, it
0: more personal.
1: Make it more personal. And and that's hard when you have 10,000 plus people in your database who all mean something to the school. Every layer, it doesn't matter if you didn't go to school here, but if you sent children here, you have just as much of a relationship with the school.
0: So what's next after the veterans? Have you tried a couple other segments?
1: Yeah, so we, um, we're focusing on our small businesses and restaurants. We've had a lot of conversations with alums and, and, and current families who those small businesses and, and a lot of the restaurants are struggling. So we're doing an all call for our restaurants and small businesses and during the month of December, really highlighting them and encouraging That's people great. to shop there, go to the restaurants, order mm-hmm. out, and we want to add that layer. So we have one alum that I've talked to who her son works at, or is a chef at a restaurant in DC. Well, he didn't go to school here, but we want to support him because he's, we consider him part of the family. So just adding that layer to it. So that's what's next. And then it's every holiday, we want to make sure our top donors understand that we know the sacrifice they make for the school. So reaching out mm-hmm. to them. Um, we definitely want to have something for parents and something different. So we're not sure what that is. So. You know, I, someone said to me the other day, uh, another person in development said that making plans right now is like making them while you're standing in sand, quicksand.
0: That's so true.
1: And so, you know, we can make plans now, but they need to be tentative and you almost need a backup plan.
0: And they'll probably change.
1: But that excites me because it forces you to try new things.
0: Well, thank you for joining us. I would love to end with my signature question, which is Julie. What do you know for sure?
1: What I know for sure is that we need independent schools, focusing on the students, giving them everything that they need to be successful. And fortunately, most independent schools have wonderful communities who can help support them to do just that. We see many independent schools during this time, during COVID that are open Families and this children and the teachers are safe. They're taking wonderful precautions and they're in class and We're seeing that that's important at the end of the day each one is there for those students And so we just need to keep keep doing what we're doing and being flexible and uh, empower our students
0: Thank you so much for joining us and thank you for all you do for Darlington. Thank you for having me so much. I enjoyed it. Thank you, Carson Raymond, for recommending Julie as a guest for this week. It was so interesting learning about the student first mentality at Darlington, hearing about how she manages being a parent versus a staff member versus an alum. This was really great. Please be in touch with me, as Carson did, and recommend people that you would like to see on the podcast. You can reach out to me via email at devdebrief at gmail or on LinkedIn or via Instagram at devdebrief. I look forward to hearing from you and have a great week.